0: All new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete, affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C A N O T A M B O S.com and enter promo code TURNEDUP. One word, TURNEDUP for 20% off. CANO Tambos. And I'll just start this. Are you there? Hey, hey. I'm over here. I'm down
1: here on the blue track.
0: Cell phones are actually very minimally wireless. It's crazy. This research blew yeah. my And also, cell in cell phone mm-hmm. doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, offering a glimpse inside the music industry, shedding light on things they don't want you to know, and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast, presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones, edit this out, Robert, and Robert Venable. Not gonna edit this out at all. The hills are alive with the sound of Turned Up Podcast, that is. Ooh. What? What you actually reminded me of was Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, Texas Tea. Black Gold. Oil, that is. Oil, that
1: is. Yeah. Both. I was too old for that show.
0: I was going to say, long (laughs) before my time, but TV Land uh, was what my parents liked to watch during the day, and it was either Go Play Outside or watch shows on TV Land, which was a combination of like I Love old Lucy. old cartoons. I Love Lucy came on at night. During the day, it was Gunsmoke, Gilligan's Island, Green Acres, Mister Ed. Was that one? Not not when I was watching it. I think, I'm trying to remember what was on that. I didn't watch it, but I'm trying to think of what would be on that kind of show. I think we got we got our first cable box in 1995, which was actually. Believe it or not, three years after the first smartphone. Oh, which is coincidentally what we're talking about today. Phones. All sorts of phones. Big ones, small ones, some as big as your head. You know, do you remember the SNL skit where uh, I think it's Chris Kattan is walking around? No, 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 no. uh, Well, it's Chris Kattan. Is it an SNL skit or is it? Well, Chris Kattan was Or is it Night at the Roxbury? Chris Kattan and and, um, Will Ferrell? uh anyway talking on the cell phone maybe, maybe it's will Fairley is the agent or so he's talking on his cell phone and it like barely fits between his two fingers oh yeah I, okay i've seen whatever that is which could be either i guess because ironically as technology has progressed the phone went from pretty big and it was getting smaller and then they came up the cell phone which was weighed <laughs> multiple pounds and, uh, and then kept shrinking, kept shrinking, kept shrinking. And I think everybody thought the cell phone of the future was going to be itty bitty. I did. I know I thought that. Little did we know that I have a phone in my hand right this second They're that all... is so big, I can't reach the whole thing with one hand. <laughs> they all brag about how big they are.
1: Like, Wait, like, are we still talking about cell phones? Right, yeah, Jay, come on. Get your head out of the cell phone towers. Oh, sorry. So yeah, like they all brag about how big of screen size they have. Well, you have an extra two millimeters of screen size. <laughs> Like you're basically carrying around an iPad. Soon it'll be a television with one of those little stinking what are these things? Pop
0: sockets on the back of them. Pop sockets. We were talking about the loop earlier, which is where I think I want to migrate to. Um, soon, enough, like it'll be like, man, I went down to Best Buy and got myself a 55 inch cell phone, 55 inch iPhone, <laughs> a flat screen, 4K <laughs> curved. So, Robert, 3D. did you know that cell phone calls are not sent from tower to tower? Well, the only reason I know that is because we researched this podcast, but I bet you at home didn't know that. At home? Does anybody actually listen to podcasts at home? I do, because I work from home. My wife does. Um, I listen to them in the shower. I don't listen to them unless I'm in the car, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I feel or, like or I'm most in,
1: people. Yeah, in the car, and I'm almost done with it. I'll bring it into the house or studio, or wherever I'm going, and continue listening if I have
0: time. A lot of people at work or on their drive to work—they're not allowed to listen at work. Um, well, right now you're listening to the Turned Up podcast, and I'm sitting across from one of the greatest human beings to ever live, and one of my best, my best friend in the whole world. Oh, thank you, um, Mr. Robert Venable. He is a Grammy-nominated, Dove Award-winning producer, engineer, songwriter with Shoalsville. Shout out to Chad. Hey, Chad. Uh, he is a drummer for the band As We Ascend. Oh, that's true um of course a multi-instrumentalist the guy can play guitar piano drums banjo banjitar i i can't (laughs) sitar flute i can't play any of the (laughs) tars i'm not any of the tar players um that's that's false actually he's just sent over a demo today of a song he's writing for as we ascend because we're working on a new record <clears throat> no uh actually we are working on a new record and if you want to get in on the ground floor literally uh, go yeah. to as we you can sign up and be a uh, label executive but it's kind of cool we, we do things differently because we we set up a
1: Dropbox for all of our label executives and they got to hear or they are continually getting to hear the, the demos as our band members are hearing them so i sent a <laughs> demo over i'm like hey guys what do you think of this and the fans in our private Facebook page, who have access to that private Dropbox folder, get to hear them the same time our bandmates do.
0: Literally, uh, a song today—the song you sent over—I'm fairly even in there yet. Oh, I was about to say I'm fairly certain some of our fans heard it before I did. But. I think they did, actually. To be honest, I know a couple did. Um, so so not only can he play just about anything, is he a wizard and master in the studio? Uh, he has the credits to prove it, having worked with uh, clients all the way from Kelly Clarkson to Twenty One Pilots, Mute Math. DMX, Megadeth, um, the list goes on. He's incredibly talented. He's an amazing friend and is the winner uh, of two consecutive cheese smelling competitions, uh, hot off the press. Oh, yeah. Just happened uh earlier, well, later last week. Um, and he's gonna be getting the award uh the first part of this week. Uh why don't you tell me about that? How did you What did you have to do to win those competitions? Because from what I understand, it's far more involved than just simply smelling cheese. It is. It is. Um, And first of all, I want to thank
1: all of my fans who supported me while I was training um, for both of my wins. And if I win one more time, you know, I get the uh, coveted uh, third curd award. And I'm excited about that. You've been gunning for that third curd for a while. Yeah, it's uh, 18 consecutive years I've tried. Um, and I've gotten two in a row now. I'm going for the third curd next year. Uh, but my favorite cheese to smell, I'm actually a, a, a big fan of like the raclette. Um I go along with like the Guillaire. Um,
0: it, it's sometimes the buttercase. case. Um, so how, so but how, do, how, is it, how is this done competitively is my question. Because oh. well, I had never heard of it before today. You were telling me about it earlier. I think it's fair to assume that everyone listening has been to a Walmart. If you think of a room
1: as big of a, as a, a Walmart, a standard Walmart size... Just completely emptied out. Um, nothing, no shelves or anything, but just lo- long rows of tables. Okay. Now picture thousands of people at these tables. Thousands of pe- pieces of like cheese in front of these thousands of people. And what you do is you smell one, you pass it down. Smell one, you pass it down. Smell one, you pass it down.
0: So what happens if you're at the like the very end of the, oh, the, cheese, of the line?
1: The cheese smells the same. It's fine. Okay. That, that's actually sometimes a benefit because you can take more time and without the stresses of passing it down. Fair enough. You know, being the first one, everybody's waiting on you. Everybody's looking down the table like, Where's the cheese? Pass me the cheese. And sometimes they start chanting, pass the cheese. And it it gets to you. I I can only imagine Um, that kind of stress. Yeah, the great meltdown of 97 happened um, because of a chant like that. I thought that
0: was because the AC broke.
1: um, Yeah, and then the nacho cheese started melting all over the table. It was pretty bad. Bummer. Yeah, it was. Uh, But it is a really good thing to do. And I highly recommend... Googling cheese smelling competitions and applying for any that you find online. And please let us know if you do because that's totally made up. (laughs) Jake Jones over there with all the jokes. And yes, you must say Jones when you say Jake in referring to this gentleman because he has earned the right to be called by his first and last name at the same time. Maybe it's just because Jake is so common. I feel like that's... Isn't Jones really common? Isn't like the whole phrase keeping up with the Joneses based off of how common Jones is? Yeah, but when you say them together, it becomes a little more unique. What if you say
0: it simultaneously like, Jones. There are lots of people that that I am known as Jake Jones. I don't have any other name. It's just Jake Jones. I hear a lot of clients that you and I work with together calling you Jake Jones all the time. What's up, Jake Jones? Like, hey, Jake Jones. I say it
1: just because I think it's funny. Um, but Jake Jones over there with the jokes is not a professional comedian, not even an amateur comedian. Uh, I don't think he's <laughs> trying to be funny. Because <laughs> nothing he says is ever funny. I'm just laughing for random reasons after he talks. But he is... You're so nice. If you ever look at the billboard charts... And look up there, way at the top. You have to scroll a while if you start at the bottom. Go way up to the top where, like, the number one is. You'll see songs that Jake had, I'm sorry, that Jake Jones has <laughs> either uh, written, mixed, produced, played on, or all of the above sang on because he's a singer of the band As We Ascend. Formerly the guitar player of, of uh, We As Human, but currently of As We Ascend as well. Um, you also have done so much mixing and producing and songwriting, also with Shoalsville Music. Shout out to Chad. What up, Chad? Um, our intro is so long. I'm gonna make it longer by doing this awkward pause. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Jake Jones. Um, amongst all of the different awards and rock song, rock album of the year, um, that all these awards and accolades hanging on the walls of this beautiful studio that we're sitting in right now, by the way, um, which oh, thank I'm a you. little envious of this wood wall that's behind me. I want in my next studio. It's a pretty rad wall. I'm not lying about it. And in the up lights that you have, make it look. Completely epic. I like it. The blue. It's like, like Feels it's, good. It's made for Instagram, I think.
0: Feels that's the only reason
1: they're there. You should bring people in here just to take pictures for Instagram. <laughs> like, without the studio. <laughs> um, but one thing that you are actually infamous for is your ability to collect and arrange to size, like, by size. Um, what is there a word for that? Like, it's not alphabetically, numerically, sizably? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Nose um, hairs that you collect from um, public transportation uh, it, nothing, uh, you have strict rules, um, that like you can't be from like someone's personal car from a house or something like that, but it has to be from public transportation. Um, uh, and like device, not devices, what would it be
0: called? Modes of public transportation, I guess Vehicles, uh, yeah. you'd know more about it than I would Why don't you expand on that. Yeah. So it's something I started back in the early two thousands, uh, was, I was actually sitting on a bus, uh, and just noticed a strange looking hair. I could tell it wasn't from, uh, the South pole. But oh. I could also tell it wasn't from the North Pole. It wasn't from a pole at all? wasn't from a pole at all. So how, how do you tell the difference in, from like a nose hair from any other body hair? So they're strikingly similar to an eyebrow hair. I can't tell them apart. Where you have to look is the root. Uh, the root is what really sets it apart, and uh, actually, I have a blog, um dot slash nose hair collection. Please I, make that a subdomain. Let's <laughs> <laughs> like put something there so if someone goes <laughs> Um dot slash nose hairs. Ooh, I, I'm going to do that tonight. You have to put something there, when, no matter what it is. <laughs> um, no, but but what I've actually found uh, recently, my fast food obsession has led me to realize that you can find a lot more nose hairs. Uh, in your food at McDonald's than you can in any mode of public transportation. Uh, And so that's where I started looking. And that's really where my collection has started to expand. I've got hairs from all around the world. I've got hairs from all kinds of different ethnicities and all kinds of species, not just human. I've got animal nose hairs, uh, you showed me your amphibian nose hair collection
1: which I thought was intriguing I, I didn't
0: even know they had nose hairs I just uh, I actually just started uh, collecting chicken nose hairs what's your
1: favorite flavor of nose hair just real quick
0: oh, um, from the hip well the purple the purple I, I don't know I couldn't tell
1: you what flavor it is, but the purple one it's like Icy's when you get Icy's like use like the purple they say it's grape it doesn't taste anything
0: like a grape no not at all but we call it grape it's just purple flavored it's just
1: purple flavored yeah that's yeah, my favorite candy
0: um, and uh, my favorite flavor of Kool-Aid is red no yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually a lie my favorite flavor of Kool-Aid is green They have green Kool-Aid. They do. It's hard to find. It's lime. I love lime. I love lime. I love lamp. Are you just looking at random things and saying that you love them? Isn't I love? Wait, that's that's the next line. That's the next line in the quote was (laughs) that's the. Are you just looking at random things and saying you love them? Wait, so I'm
1: quoting. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I I always get that confused with. um, All I need is this lamp. All I need is this lamp. That's all I need. That's all I need from. Yeah, Steve Martin, the the jerk, the jerk, and yeah, that man. Fail. Movie quote fail, which doesn't say much about me because I don't
0: know It's okay. You're editing things. this one. You can just edit it all out. I'm leaving all this in, Oh, including this statement. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So that's me. That is you. My nose hair. That you that's, that's you and a nose hair. Uh, I'm, I, I've <laughs> already a nostril. I've already gotten a, 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 a will written out and notarized. So after my passing, they will open a museum in my honor. Uh Robert, I've put you in charge of curating it. <laughs> I'm the nose hadn't, hair curator. I haven't talked to you about it yet, but no, I'm sure you'd agree.
1: Just finding out about this now.
0: Um since just you're moments live after you
1: found out about your own collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, go on to all you beautiful ears. And the ugly ones, if you have those.
0: Ugly people, put, put your, your hands, hands down. down. Um, like and subscribe. Oh, like yeah. and subscribe. Uh you can subscribe, comment, leave a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Spotify. We're actually going to be doing a lot more work with Spotify. It's coming quickly. Um, but we love, love to read your it's reviews. It's hilarious. Um, you guys are so freaking funny. Leave a hilarious review. Leave a good review, a kind-hearted review. Tell us that you hate us. We'll read the funniest ones on air. Um, but seriously, you have no idea how much that helps us. And, uh, and that rating, that rating, um, it... You may feel like your rating is insignificant, but you really don't nah. realize what it says to other people. And we have some incredible opportunities coming to us right now as a direct result of, of, of you rating yeah. and reviewing. And it lifts our spirits sometimes. We're just having one of those
1: moments where we're like, is anybody listening to us? Let me see. a, Oh, look at that. Hello. A couple of ratings. Hello. Hello. Um, And so if you're, if you're you only have a second, like if you're traveling or well, I'm about to get off that bus. Uh, about to walk into work. Whatever you have to do, back to walk in the house after work, whatever it may be. And you only have a second, just hit that five star thing. Um, you're already in the app. You're already listening to us. Just do it real quick and close your phone. Um, and get along with what you're doing. But if you have one and a half seconds, hit that five star button and then write a little something funny about um how Jake just turned twelve.
0: I didn't. Robert, I didn't turn twelve.
1: Acting like a true twelve year old. Stop right it. There. Stop pitching a fit, or you will go to your room. Don't make me turn this
0: podcast around. I'm old enough to have my own phone. So we're talking about telephones today. Okay, so the thing about a telephone and and the reason the idea hit us is it's something we use every day. Literally every single day, multiple times a day. And it's something that human beings, especially if you live in America, you've used probably, well, you've used it multiple times a week your entire life. Um, I'll tell you this right now.
1: First of all, I'm going to interject with all sorts of random phone facts this entire night that we're doing this podcast. I love it. Um but but right now, the fa- the first fact in my collection of facts is that you know that any at any moment, an adult that owns a cell phone, 90% of them are within arm's reach of their cell phone at any given moment. I'm not right now, you're holding yours. Oh. Wow. That's what's in your hand. Mine's here. Wow. That's 100%. We are beating the odds, Jake, as you were saying. Hashtag #winning. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you can do anything. You can shop, which I heard another statistic that 76% of people who own a smartphone shop from their phone, and 79% of those people um, actually make purchases. And uh, uh, I do the, all kinds of shopping. I do my Christmas
0: shopping. I do... I buy music gear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I literally... Like, you can buy groceries from like your cell phone. Literally. literally. To quote Parks and Rec, my I mean, favorite I, show right now.
1: We, you can even podcast from a cell phone you can listen to the podcast on a cell phone. Right. And you can make calls, which is, if you don't know what that is, Google that. But you can actually make telephone calls from a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, using right. your mouth. No, no, it's like speech to text, but no, different. No, yeah, It's real time speech to text. Yeah, it was translated what, like, in back your voice back in the 1900s. No, dude, seriously. It's it's your own voice on the other end, too. What? It's like a regular, like those old fashioned phones, but new. And you can, it's wireless. Shut up. Same phone. Shut up. It's not even an app. It's a thing. Speaking of apps, did you know that <laughs> 60% of smartphone owners don't download apps from month to month? Like in a given month, 60% aren't downloading an app.
0: Yeah, I haven't. Well, Only 40% of cell phone owners download an app every month. I did not download an app last month. I did. But I downloaded several apps the month before because I like gaming and I like photography. Only I play like little kid games on my phone. I love it. It's Just mindless, The mindless ones. Sitting on the toilet. Playing a game. Well, you and I, with what we do for a living, we're sitting here looking
1: at all this techie gear. I was about to say, we're sitting on the toilet a lot.
0: (laughs) What we do for a living, we
1: sit on the toilet
0: so often, (laughs) many times together, which I don't know how that would work. Well, that's why we got pop sockets so we could hold our phone with one hand so we can hold each other's hands. Oh, perfect. Should we put that on the podcast? I did. Uh, I don't know if people should know that. No. Edit this out,
1: Robert. Okay. Not going to edit this out at all. People at home, I'm leaving this in. Note to myself in the future, leave this in. <laughs> Note to myself in the future, also leave that in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're nerds. Okay, we should dive in. We've got stuff to talk about. We do, we do, we do. Okay, so um I I don't the the purpose of this podcast, this episode is to talk about how phones work, but to know how they work, we have to know a little bit of history. So I'm going to try uh, and and go through yeah. this as quickly as possible. Let's make it a quick journey. Um, so the evolution of the telephone starts with the telegraph. It does. Um, we wanted to be able to send. Uh, we wanted to be able to send messages to people that we were not in close vicinity to. And writing a letter and sending it via horse across the country it still takes a while. Or across the ocean. You know, horses don't swim too well. Not not too quickly. Um, it it took a long time. And if there was maybe a, a war. Or, or, you know, there were enemies coming. You needed to get that information out quickly. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to go into names because um, that's not the point, but the telegraph came along and that's that allowed us to send, I think Morse code. Yes, Morse code, which... Dots um, and dashes. Everybody knows SOS. Dun, 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 dun,
1: dun, 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 dun
0: yeah right well and and i actually know morse code because i had some walkie talkies i think we actually talked about this we, we had the did, same one we told yeah the exact same one gray with a black antenna a little orange thing and on. and they the have end. morse code little on yeah. a little placard yep. sticker on on the actual unit and it had a button
1: you could send the beeps right well i learned it from cub scouts my dad was in the coast guard oh, that's at awesome. one point and made me learn how to actually he had a set of those <laughs> um morse code transmitters i don't know what they're called telegraphs well, maybe if that's what as simple as what they could be called. Literally just like a battery plugged into some kind of electrical circuit that buzzed when you tapped the button. And he taught me that from that.
0: Yeah. So the first telegraphs, um, very simple. Uh, it literally was just an, uh, every time you'd push it down, uh, it connected two metal leads that would send an electrical signal down a wire, uh, to the receiving end. And then that would, every time that electrical pulse would come, it would replicate yeah. the dot or dash. It'd either be a light or a buzz or something like that. Um, yeah, on that, that you same were trying way. to send. Yep. Um, so this was great and all, but you could only send one message at a time. And that was really inconvenient. However, I have a really fun fact. Go, Jake, go. Okay. You didn't go when I said, go, Jake, go. Okay. That's my fact. Okay. Oh, I get it. In the early 1800s, it was super popular uh, to misspell English words using their phonetic equivalent uh, like the word cat, you'd use a K instead of a C. Uh, while this is mostly a short-lived fad, uh, there's one that actually stuck uh, in its abbreviated form. Um, that, uh, that abbreviation was all correct, which is like, gotcha, bro. All correct. All correct. Not a way we talk today, but a way they talked back then. Sure. Uh, and so the cool way to do it was to replace the, the O for the A and then a K for the C. So it was shortened to O and K for all correct. But because Morse code was cumbersome and it took a long time to dot dash your way through an entire sentence, uh, in the equivalent of, of like today's ten four, which means, you know, heard ya got you got clear, Roger that Roger. Yep. <laughs> um, it, uh, it, they, when you would send a telegraph, when you would send a, a Morse code signal, uh, they would wait for the receiving end to send back the letters O K, and that let that let the sender know that they had received it and if they didn't get an okay back then they would send it again until eventually huh. they got their okay back uh and this is uh, among other reasons is why that abbreviation actually stuck Boom. and became incredibly popular and i could go way deeper into that also because k is That's a whole other podcast right k is k is not a, a frequently used letter in the English language? Yeah, it's one of my least favorites. Sorry to all my K starting people's names. <laughs> and <friends>. so <laughs> whenever you whenever you have okay, it's really striking, to get your attention. That makes so sense. It's kind like of pointy. The OK Mart, the OK Deli, the OK, whatever. It's weird to do in cursive too. And then and then nowadays we actually create an entire word, OK A Y for OK. We unabbreviated an abbreviation
1: <laughs> right. improperly. Yeah, improperly. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so freaking millennials. <laughs> yeah, aren't you a millennial? Technically, I think technically so are you. Technically, so am I. Even though I very much am not. But yes, I actually sit in the. There's a gray area. No denying. Yeah, whatever. So there, there were um, like those telegraphs which were single, like frequency, like a, just a buzz or a light. Um, but then the electric telegraph, invented by Elisha Gray could actually send different tones and frequencies. Now, while it wasn't of much great use, it did become the predecessor to the modern synthesizer, which I think is kind of cool. It's cool that he came up with these ideas and and was able to put them into practice. He's like, hey, we should be able to send
0: Morse code, but in different tones. Like, that'd be cool. What if we could, like, your customized ringtone. It does the same thing, but sounds cooler. I think, well, the problem I think they were trying to solve, again, was to send multiple signals... Through a single line, so maybe using different frequencies or something. I don't this know. is for you. This is for you. Well, uh, there were uh, several minds working to uh, to solve this problem and to be able to actually send spoken word uh, electrically from one person to another. Yeah. And on February uh, of 1876. On Valentine's Day. Yep. Uh, the official patent for the telephone was submitted not once, but twice. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. So when Mr. Alexander Graham Bell went to the patent office, why would he do it more than once? He didn't. You just said it was twice. That's right. I heard you. There was another guy. Wait, two people own the patent. I've never heard this in history class. It was always
0: Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone. Next question. Right. Well, the patent can only be granted to one for the telephone and so at 1130 a.m., Alexander Graham Bell submits his patent for the telephone. At 1.30 p.m., Elisha Gray <laughs> submits his patent for the telephone. Too slow, bro. And, of course, a month later, granting it to uh, Alexander Graham Bell, of course, solidifying him in the annals of history as the inventor of the telephone forever and ever. Amen. That's how I know it. Um, so there's a, there's a ton of speculation and even conspiracy, and I'd I'd love to hear you weigh in on this. Uh, one of the biggest ones being that Elisha Gray's, one of his understudies, uh, was, uh, was paid off by Bell 100 bucks to allow him to peek at Elisha Gray's invention of the telephone. Thus, uh, when when Bell's patent was submitted, it was strikingly similar to Elisha Gray's patent that was submitted.
1: Yeah, but like $100 then, I mean, I'm not going to discount that. If you want to send me $100, bucks, i will take it. But a hundred bucks now is nothing like what a hundred bucks was then. Right. We're probably talking closer to, you know, at least a thousand bucks. So he did this. He spied on it and like tons of legal battles ensued from that point, ultimately resulting in Alexander Graham Bell being victorious and uh, securing him in the history books as the quote inventor, end quote, of the telephone. And that's how I read it in history books these days. Because I read a lot of history books. (laughs) And all about telephones. <laughs> I just <laughs> telephone history books. Leave them on the back of the toilet and just rip one open from now, from time to time. And uh,
0: you're ripping something when you're on the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, let's read about telephones again. So Ooh. I thought this was interesting, uh, and I, I mean, I think we kind of all know this from the movies. But early, early telephone users were connected via tele uh, switchboard operators. Yeah, uh, and my grandmother actually worked for Bell South. That's uh, fascinating to me, actually. And that that was her job. So you you'd hop on the phone and you'd say, "Connect me to G G47. four And G four is not a real phone number, Jake. I, well, we'll get there. Oh, um, and uh, and then the operator, usually a female, would say, "Yes, sir. Give me one moment." And then she would literally patch you in with patch cables from your phone to that other phone causing it to ring it would send an electrical yeah. signal to their phone and they'd pick it up and, and a, start talking a
1: little light would light up over the patch bay like just you've seen them before it's a big wall of, of holes of dots where they plug in the cables and right above every cable hole there was a little light that would light up if um someone was either cranking the phone on the other end to generate the electricity to light it up um or the more modern ones i say more modern i'm still talking about the earliest th- early 20th century here um or maybe even the late 19th century where you'd be able to pick up the he- the handset headset and it would um, relay an electrical signal there, light up a, a light, and the, the lady would be like,
0: "Hey, let's connect the dots." Well, I thought it was really interesting when I think of um, you know phone switching automation, which is basically what every landline is now. Um, it first started popping up still in the 1800s. 1891 was the first was when the first uh, automated switchboards were were coming Crazy, around. Man. Um, starting to do away with, uh, with, with switchboard operators. So my grandmother switchboard operator, uh, for Bell South real quick. Uh, and this one isn't in our notes, but it's worth noting. Um, Alexander Graham Bell, of course, uh, started his company, which was Bell South. And that was that, that was one of the first big monopolies. Sure, and part of why there is, if not the reason, why there is legislation today against companies monopolizing, and they made Bell South break up into multiple companies. Interesting. The leading company and and the lasting one being AT and T.
1: Well, AT and T was actually a different company at the time hired to handle all of his long distance telephone calls. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they took over um, handling all his long distance phone calls or telegraph messages. Um, via his, via his um, audible telegraphs, his phone, oh, wow. and uh, disbanded at some point uh, in the 80s and came back, back around, and uh, is now
0: one of the leading, as you know, um, telephone service providers. And they were actually the very first telephone service provider um, and exclusively uh, for the first iPhone. I had to switch to AT&T just for that. Okay, we're jumping way too far in the future. But let's, all relevant. Let's go back to, uh, to the 19, well, the first phones, the late 1800s. The, the two-piece. It wasn't even a flip phone. Right. It was just a, like a mouthpiece and an earpiece. If you've seen it, any, I mean, any of those old Hello? black and white Hello? movies. Yeah.
1: Say, connect me, Margaret, to uh, the old man down the street. <laughs> Say. Cling, 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 cling. You've got it, Mr. Smith. <laughs> That's exactly it. Put me through to Dr. Dr. Peterson, please. I mean, it was, it was just like that, especially in small towns. Oh, did you know that the, those um, those operators, like your grandmother, would sit there and often uh, they just had to listen to the conversation. Yep, they had to know when to disconnect because um, there's no like oh they hung up button. There's like you have to listen for words and. But,
0: so my mom told me a story about this because there was there was some protocol for that because you weren't they, like I could be misremembering, but I think they weren't allowed to listen. They had they some way of knowing, to. but my mom said that my grandmother would come home lady lived in paducah kentucky uh she'd come home with all kinds of scuttlebutt from all the neighbors she knew everybody's dirt
1: (laughs) scuttlebutt does sound like a
0: problem right anyway well it is no matter which way you look at it (laughs) so uh so yeah so in the late 1920s um the technology was really zooming along and they were starting to invent smaller and smaller components and uh, it, was, it was practically the future. They were able to combine that mouthpiece and that earpiece into what? a single part that you would hold in your hand.
1: Two, 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 two in one. <laughs> I can imagine that. Say, are you tired of holding a piece to your ear and talking into a different piece? <laughs> Try
0: our new all-in-one combination telephone. At least that's the ad you would read in the Sears and Roebuck cause you were, <laughs> right before you ripped it out to wipe your back end. Oh, in man. In the outhouse.
1: They had like party lines that came around eventually, and we'll get to that. But they would actually play ads on there. Really, they play advertisements. How funny, smart. I mean, kind of. Wait, they're going to listen anyway.
0: So yeah. the uh, the very first intercontinental call was made. Drum roll. Do you know when it was? Uh, I'm going to take a stab. First inter, probably the forties. 1927. Whoa, I was way off. Well, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't what it became. It was actually uh, made using radio waves, but it was still a phone call. Uh, Nineteen twenty-seven. Uh, radio waves are what they're done now, right?
1: The, the antennas we see them everywhere.
0: Uh, well, we'll get to that too. But that's a big misconception—a misconception that I had as what? well. Me too. Uh, I already know the answer to that. Cell phones are only, are are actually very minimally wireless. It's crazy. Um, this, this research blew my mind. And also, "cell" in cell phone doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Same. Um, so. Uh, it was actually, um, they started in 1955 and finished in 1956 laying the very first, uh, transatlantic phone line, um, allowing, uh, allowing the U S to call Europe. Uh, by the way, just to backtrack a little bit, that first phone call was made from New York city to London. I wonder what they said Uh, in 1927, but, um, hello, hello, (laughs) hello. I don't understand you. <laughs> Yo, speak up please.
1: <laughs> my my New York accent is horrible. <laughs> hey, is this Domino's? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to
0: order a pizza. <laughs> I don't know. That's, Say. <laughs> I'm I'm stereotyping right now. That's terrible. Is that what New Yorkers do? They just order uh, Domino's pizza? I, actually no, not Domino's at all. It's that's sacrilegious they right They would there. just go down the street and get a dollar slice. My nice. sincere apologies um to new yorkers new york pizza is delicious but i like chicago better um that line in 55 56 uh, was was called the tat1 Ooh, the first of very many trendy uh did you know that mobile phones first showed up in
1: oh well first guess what year mobile phones yeah the 80s Maybe late mm-hmm. 70s internet? Probably, but not. It was actually 1946. Shut up. In cars. They were incredibly expensive, like ridiculous. did you say in cars? Yeah. So the first mobile phones were in cars. Do you remember when we were in LA and we went into a
0: gift shop right there off Hollywood <gasps> Boulevard? Do you remember seeing the phone in that hoopty? Do you remember what I said? No. I said, oh, they must have added that. Yeah, like we we, we both, yeah, we were like, man, that must have been some sort of aftermarket thing they it's just added. It's now hitting me. Because that car is from the 50s, but mm-hmm. it has a phone in it. Like, it there's did. no way they had that. It was pimped out. It, it was nice. Wasn't it one of Elvis's cars? I probably. Oh, that's what they were advertising Yes. And it was
1: a very, it was, it was land yacht. It was huge. Like, you could run that into a wall and the wall would crumble. <laughs> um, but it had a telephone in it. And we're like, oh, that was weird why they did that. Now they just, like, changed the whole date, like, appearance of this whole car um but apparently yeah uh 1946 in cars it showed up and they were incredibly expensive like i said and uh it actually required that very few other people use the phone at the same time
0: um, like in the town right um so because i guess it used up a lot of band
1: width, what if you if want to call it. That, that, the, that wasn't a term the at the same, time but yeah
0: um yeah that is insane uh so w- something i thought was really crazy about that uh, one year later uh bell labs uh from alexander graham bell's namesake interesting uh 1947 they started uh coming up with this plan for different segments or cells um, think about that for a second forming a network allowing people to uh to make calls from their car much more easily and conveniently however the technology just wasn't there um it was a hexagonal cell network and this is important because this plays
1: in directly to how our cell phones work these days yes take that that uh, hexagonal cell network plant, phrase and plant that in your brain so in the 70s you know a few decades later 1973 motorola a company we all know and love announced and demonstrated the very first completely untethered phone um called the Dynatac eight thousand. X. x just sounds rad like from the future 8000x we tried the first 7999 and they weren't as good as this one <laughs> <laughs> we name our phones serially um
0: <laughs> we should i
1: like why we just started 8000 i mean you had to have done the first
0: 7000 i don't know probably the same reason you start checks at at like a high number so i pick a random like number it's like your first
1: number right. It's like check number one <laughs> Whenever I reorder checks, I pick some random number to make them think I actually keep track of them. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm at four hundred, four thousand seven hundred. so if you can just
0: do the next one at 4701, that'd be great. What's depressing is you know that there's someone listening to this podcast right the second that's like, what's a check? Oh, dang it. They're magic pieces of paper. You just write a random number on it and give it to the clerk and then they they it pays for your stuff. You have money. Look at that whole pad of money. You can just rip one off. I told my mo- I remember telling my I mom that same in the story. I wanted a toy. She's like, I don't have money for him. Let's just I
1: write a check. See it right there. Um, just write the number. Give it to him, and let's be gone. I'm going to open up my transformer. So the Diantac 8000X weighed two and a half pounds. Holy which is crap. ridiculous. Um, Steve Jobs would roll over for that one. Um, that has that, That's not something that the iPhone would boast. I bet Steve um, Jobs had one. He probably did. Dissected it a million times. Um, it... Would last a whole, get this, battery life of 20 minutes. Woo! And only cost, in today's money, counting for inflation, ten grand,
0: $10,000. You can make a 20-minute phone call, and, uh, and it weighed two and a half pounds. So, like, what's a practical reason for having this thing? I mean, j- like... Just to be the guy that has one of those things? Or the president, in case there's some
1: sort of national emergency? So, I think military, being like in one of the little rover mobiles um out there need to communicate like the navigators and uh, not the navigators the um the explorers what are they called the ones that are on the front line to go and they explore the land to see if there's any enemies up there i can't remember what they're called uh it's just escaping me right now anyway they'll go and survey the land and then report back oh hey we've got enemy camp set up at blah 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 instead of using their radios maybe they could be driving around i don't know there's not gonna be cell phone towers out there though so i take that back radio they still
0: use radio i think The same towers? So what's interesting is uh, you still have Bell, who has the monopoly in the world on all things phones. And why didn't they come up with it? I mean, they had this idea 30 years earlier. um, But the problem is they were still, even up into the 1970s, trying to figure out and work out a way to wirelessly make calls from cars because that's where they thought the technology was going. They thought that that was the way the future was being able to make a call from your car. Which it is, and illegal in in a lot of states now, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that was that was they were still working on that that cell network for sure. cars, and then Motorola comes out and is like, "Bam, we got this on lock." So after the ten thousand dollar, twenty minute, two and a half pound phone, what happens? The phones get smaller, the battery life gets better, the cost mm-hmm. goes down as of they they get better at making these and mass producing. The market starts to starts to grow, uh, and uh, they actually released this phone a year later, so they they debuted it in 1973, but it, it came out in 74. Right. Um, let's fast forward to 1992. That's <laughs> my
1: uh, sound traveling.
0: On sound walks troubling. into the scene, the first smartphone. Wait, that, 92? 92? That blew my mind. Not uh, the iPhone. I was. I thought the iPhone was the the huh. genesis of the smartphone. It was not. Okay. Um, it was 1992. And it was, uh, it was done, it was made by IBM, and it was called the Simon Personal Communicator. Take a stab at how much it cost. Now, think about how much you paid for your iPhone XS. I know how much I paid for mine. And... I have no idea. I have no idea what the first smartphone would cost? First smartphone. If we know the first cell phone was 10 grand. Now, this one's got a freaking computer chip in it. 20 grand? I have no idea. 1,100 bucks. So, like... Same price we're paying for our phones now. (laughs) Right? It was $1,100. So so jacked up. It had a four and a half by one and one, well, 1.4 inch LCD touchscreen, which came with a stylus to be able to use, had one hour of battery life. Wow. Uh, It had everything from apps to email and even predictive text. I did not even hear about this. Right? Um, And if you had bad cell reception, uh, or were running low on minutes or or just i remember those days wanted a better phone call because you were talking to your honey um, you could connect hey. it to a landline, uh just a nearby landline. you just plug it in, you just plug it in, and you can make a phone call genius um, so that was that was 1992. Fifteen years later, two thousand and seven the iPhone is revealed um, it was about half that price uh starting at four ninety nine up to five ninety nine that was for the four and eight gigabyte models. Um, it had a three and a half inch widescreen, eight hours of talk time, 250 hours standby. That's incredible, right? I don't remember that. Um, it had, of course, tons of great apps and everything that we know. That's more than 10 days of standby time. But do you remember the big competitor to the iPhone at the time? Uh, Was it a smartphone? It was the Blackberry. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Because you could could still, you know, check your email. email It had a QWERTY keyboard on it. It had a QWERTY keyboard. That was what really hurt the first iPhone because it did not have a multi-touch screen. You could only use one finger at a time. And so if you're trying to send a text really fast, you you could just use your thumb or your finger. Uh, And so it really killed it for a lot of business owners, you know, buying contracts and and getting them, you know, for their whole businesses, they were still using the BlackBerry i knew a lot of business owners who were using uh blackberries like all the like the
1: multimillionaires that i i i would say that i knew a lot of them the ones that i did know hi this is seth mosley and i got a huge announcement for all of you songwriters out there these song chasers commercial songwriting courses now available and you can get it for a special deal at turneduppodcast.com slash seth just like my name s-e-t-h this is a comprehensive course in commercial songwriting for anyone who wants to be a part of writing a hit song. Again, go over to turneduppodcast.com slash Seth. Everything you need to know about commercial songwriting, TurnedUpPodcast.com slash Seth. Oh, we're using Blackberries when everybody else was using like iPhones.
0: That was interesting. So here's what I want to know: is now that we've gone through the history, how does it work? That's a great question. Uh we <laughs> It's a
1: deep question um so the first f- phones were actually fairly simple and stayed largely that way for a long period of time let's talk about the landline uh, everybody's had a landline at some point um, well, i got my first, wait they might not we're talking right? to a younger
0: audience too well i got my first landline oh, man. in 1990 uh, 1995
1: if you ever had a dial-up computer there had to have been a lot li- a landline right um if you have one of those things that has like a coiled up cable, and if it doesn't even have that, it might be like it might look like your TV remote. um But when you try to change the channel, it just goes bam 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 or beep beep <laughs> boop, boop, boop 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 boop. When you push the buttons, um you might have a, a landline at your house. <laughs> Any um, phone that's not a cell phone. Ask an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, think about it. The landline. Okay, we've got a mouthpiece. That's where your voice is transmitted from your mouth. Um, as sound waves and these waves vibrate a disc well we've talked about this a little bit uh, briefly in previous podcasts but the sound waves vibrate a disc that's connected to a piston at the center of the disc picture this in your brain much like a microphone exactly like a microphone and uh, that piston compresses and decompresses little bits of carbon granules um so i mean if you smash a charcoal briquette like the very 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 tiny little black pieces of charcoal essentially is what it is is carbon um in a casing and it causes an electrical current that's flowing through it to fluctuate by the pushing and pulling of this piston connected to that disc now these fluctuations occur rapidly like very very fast in the same pattern as the sound waves from your voice hitting the disc converting the sound into
0: electrical signals and then sending it across the phone line Uh, to the switchboard operator who has plugged you in to the person you're trying to talk to. So on their end, they have a receiver. Right. And that receiver essentially is taking that signal and we'll say decoding it, but it wasn't really that complicated. Hmm. Uh, That receiver, um, when it was taken off the hook, uh, there was literally a hook that held it if it was (laughs) one of the two-piece. You know what they look like. Just watch Uh, an old movie. um, Get off your phone or watch it on your phone. So when it was taken (laughs) off the hook... Uh, an electrical current started flowing through that earpiece and it had a speaker in it, just a, a pretty basic speaker. Um, and uh, just, I, I guess, if you don't know how a speaker works, uh, the current would flow through an electromagnet uh, attached to a disc or diaphragm. Um, and every time an electrical pulse uh, that was being sent uh, from the other phone would go, would travel through this uh, magnet. Um, sure. It would vibrate that disc and uh, push the air back and forth, creating sound waves uh, that were mimicking. basically
1: mimicking the exact same sound waves coming in from the, the headset part, right? Yep. And Just, so I guess backwards, but still the same way.
0: And that's how you were able to hear huh. what the other person was saying. Makes sense to me. So over time, um, while the telephone may have gotten a little more complicated in, in terms of how to call someone uh, first rotary and then touch tone um, or how to pick up or hang up or how how the phone call was received you know the ringer and all that kind of stuff that basic uh, idea of electrical signals still never changed in fact what they did to kind of upgrade that was they had a a big switching box um, either at the corner of your block or in front of your house Uh, that would convert that signal digitally because you can send those signals much further uh, and much more cleanly um, than the analog, just electrical signals. Right, which would degrade over time and over distance. That idea of of, uh, electrical signals, pulses, vibrating a speaker or vibrating a a talking piece like a microphone is actually, that has not changed one ounce. Maybe the components have gotten a little better, um, but that is still how phones work today. Uh, There's just a few more bits in between um, that uh, that convert it to this digital signal and either send it through the ground, uh, like in the case of a landline, or send it through the air, like in the case of a cell phone. That's so crazy.
1: I like electronic science to me, like just because I don't know enough about it, even though (laughs) I use it every day. It's all a wild mystery. I use even analog to digital and digital to analog converters in my recording studio every day. And I still, I mean, it just fascinates me that there are engineers out there, electrical engineers out there, who know it like the back of their hand and are able to like explain it so much more eloquently than you and I could ever think of. But uh, more than me, I guess. You're really good at it. <laughs> but but uh, it, that's what lets us have a job is these whole right analog signals
0: well i picked up a tape machine uh, a couple weeks ago you You know this sure did sitting right beside me i love it it's fun there's a a certain characteristic you get from magnetic tape a a reel-to-reel tape machine when you're mixing or or recording sounds however something i didn't know was that even nicer bigger reel-to-reel tape machines aren't capable of perfectly capturing and reproducing the sound that comes in and goes out of them because there are so many mechanical parts and pieces that are moving, um, that tape is not going to play back at exactly the same rate that it was recorded. Uh, and I discovered this by taking the exact same piece of audio uh, and and uh, stacking it yeah, and syncing it up in your... Got to the end of it, and it, it. I did it three times, and they all ended at three different places. And uh, and that really got me to thinking and, and really appreciating the ability for us to record music digitally because... Uh, and I've heard it used before, you know bits and bytes and sample rates and all that kind of stuff, and how important it is that when I record a piece of audio for three minutes that it plays back at exactly three minutes right um that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. That's okay, <sighs> however, back to phones, get back to the phone. How did we go from from uh Carol uh, down actually, the switchboard down the switchboard <laughs> um to uh to these automated well it's exactly that they became um
1: automated switching uh units so automated switching actually allowed people to literally dial a phone number uh, rather than give it to the operator instead of calling oh sally carroll switchboard operator and saying hey connect me to dr peterson uh, you would have dr peterson's phone number and dial it yourself you lazy bum Um, and but the early numbers get this and i learned this tonight thanks to you mr jones uh they were alpha numeric not just numeric numbers like we have today uh so mr peterson dr peterson might be p e for peterson p e four five six and that would have been his number um up until the 1960s and then phone numbers were anywhere from one to three digits in length that's very that's crazy may i have your number please sure seven <laughs> <laughs> your number seven that's nice <laughs> nice to meet you i'm 14 (laughs) twice as good
0: (laughs) so uh i mean i I feel like it kind of goes without saying why numbers are seven digits long now Uh, and even you can even run into the problem of well i do i get it every i get calls uh, i won't say her name but i get calls for a lady uh three or four times every Every single day she's a very successful businesswoman smart, not saying her name, a higher up at a uh, at a a kind of a nearby big corporation. Um, And I unfortunately, I know a lot about this person Um, just from talking to past employers, future employers. And it's amazing how much they'll offer up without having to ask. I don't really care or want to know anything about her. Can I can I call my old phone
1: number real quick and ask for me? Yes. Can I? I I, I've never done it. Do it. I'm going to do it right now live this is unscripted hold on i'm putting in my little code here
0: makes me wonder i am put it on if my well i know that my last phone number is not any good anymore um i mean you hope that that doesn't happen they you hope they decommission it but not always okay hold on speaker phone this is
1: live happening right now i hope they answer this is they're like i don't recognize this number <laughs> probably that's what most people that's what i do i only not answer numbers i don't know the voicemail I have to bleep it out hi this is robert venable looking for robert venable <laughs> what if the voicemails you have old... reached the voicemail box. i'm gonna hang up so you
0: don't hear that <laughs> <laughs> what if it was my was my old voicemail <laughs> so speaking of um of of letting phone numbers out on air or in television or in movies, right? This has been a problem in the past and Hollywood has done something to remedy this. Is that
1: correct? (laughs) Absolutely correct. So they took a whole uh, area code out of commission and dedicated solely to use in um, the film and recording arts. So for film and video and television, and I'm sure you've seen this, they always dial, 555 either as the area code or the prefix um 555-3759 like no one will ever have that phone number because 555 is taken out of commission
0: yeah okay so uh fun fact in the movie bruce almighty that came out in 2003 such a good movie um it's starring jim carrey and morgan freeman yep uh morgan freeman is god and he pages jim carrey in the movie And in the theatrical release of the movie, real quick, kids, you have to Google what a pager is,
1: but it's out there on the internet somewhere. You can
0: find it on your phone. Uh, So he, uh, wow. Um, So it's so true. It's just blowing my mind right now. (laughs) So God calls Jim Carrey's pager and Jim Carrey looks at it and a phone number shows up on the screen. Well, they did their research when they were making the movie and the number did not belong to anyone in the, I believe, Buffalo, New York area where the movie takes place. And so they felt safe. They decommissioned that phone number and uh, and used it just for this movie. Um, the problem is, even though that number hadn't been given out to anyone in Buffalo, New York, it it belonged to thousands of people all throughout the country. And I, I guess not thousands, but several people um, think of all the different area codes and uh, and so people started getting phone calls from others asking to speak with God. <laughs> and uh, while there are plenty of people I'm sure that played along, uh, there definitely were lots of people who were angry. And so in the DVD release of the movie, uh, and now Blu-ray, if you watch it, it is a five-five-five number. That's incredible. They went back and changed it. I like
1: post-production stuff and like little Easter eggs like that. You can find in the actual like films before they catch it. Yeah, I think it's fun.
0: Alan, well, sometimes movies are rushed to to theater. Uh, yeah. So fast that you'll there's all kinds of bloopers and oh, and jump cuts Mistakes. in the theatrical release. Those are my favorite, but then they get cleaned up before it ever releases to. I what, know. What are they released to now? Did Netflix. Netflix? <laughs> yeah. Digital Red release, Box? I guess they call it. Yeah. Um, I have a whole bunch
1: of fun facts. We never. I forgot to interject. Can we talk about
0: them? We can. I have one more thing I want to talk about that I thought was crazy. You want to talk about the touch tones or what?
1: The touch tones.
0: Let's talk about the touch tones. Real quick, so um, again, if you've ever used a touchtone phone, which is any phone, uh, well, I mean, even your cell phone now, there's still touch tones. If you push a, you hear the noise, yeah, the beep, beep, beep. Yeah,
1: you can play "Mary Had a Little Lamb" fairly easily, right? One, two, and six, Um, three. Yeah, six, six, two, one. Yeah.
0: So think about that. What I did not know until researching for this podcast was that each row and column, uh, each row has its own. Uh, monophonic frequency and each column has its own monophonic frequency and they are standardized um there's even a a like a, a, an abbreviation for it uh and that's d t m f frequency standards that's dual tone multi frequency uh standards um check in with my head jake so uh there's it's it goes one two three and then so also the row a um, but we'll we'll just for simplicity's sake we'll just go with numbers. So yeah, the
1: ABCD aren't really found on phones much, right? Typically.
0: Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, star, zero, pound, and hashtag. Oh, sorry, hashtag. <laughs> so it's very important that they are in this specific order, and the reason is, uh, numbers one, two, and three have the frequency six hundred and ninety-seven, and I'm not going to list them all. You can Google it; it's not hard to find. But, um. Each row has uh, has a three digit frequency, um, and it's when I say monophonic, that means that it's a pure tone, um, a sine wave. Sure. And then each column has a four digit frequency. Uh, the a one four seven and star. If you're going just the left column, far left column is one thousand two hundred nine hertz. Um, is that frequency? And so whenever you press the number one, it's a combination of. 697 and 1209 together and so when you play those two tones at the exact same time that is the sound you hear when you hear number one okay so it's like
1: a big grid so one two three going across is 697 and one four seven star going down is 1209 correct so okay you just match them up on the grid got it okay it makes more sense to me now. You have to see it. So Google this image. I think we should put it up on Instagram. We'll flash it up on the gram. It'd be a good one. We'll do that. Um, um, and Facebook and Twitter, if we can remember to do that too. Uh, and you'll see what we're talking about. But it's a big grid. So you just correlate the the east and
0: west and the north and the south. And it'll tell you what frequency that it's uh it's playing. Yeah. And if you've ever done grids in math class, yeah, it's just like that. Um, So whenever you're able to play Mary Had a Little Lamb... You're hearing the the tone. You're hearing is the the average or median tone for the. It's the the two frequencies together. The sum. The sum tone, uh, and it creates a uh, a polyphonic sound uh, that that sounds like those notes. Got it. That makes so much
1: more sense because like it bugged me that it wasn't three two one for Mary had a little lamb. Three two one is six two one. Right. Yeah, it's because of the way it works out mathematically and um melodically
0: but yeah so uh, rather than i mean it keeps them from having to have let's see uh if we use abc it's one two three four by one two yeah four by four so rather than having to have 16 different tones uh they only have to have eight and, and. uh and they're able to combine them glorious mm-hmm. and make all those tones so i thought that was really interesting uh, so what it was. all that does is it tells the switchboard when you dial that series of numbers um what number you're trying to connect to. Because of the frequency of
1: waveform of electrical signals it's receiving, it's able to tell what you what, what you push. It doesn't like sit there and listen for sounds. It looks for um, on-off signals sent by the electrical sound wave.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I have a ton of facts, and you and I should go through them. I put them here in the notes. Did you know that the very first phone call made March 10th, 1876 from... Uh, and in Boston, Massachusetts, from Alexander Graham Bell to his assistant uh, named Thomas A. Watson, do you know what he said? He goes, Watson, come here, I want you.
0: <laughs> that's
1: the very first thing he <laughs> said on his phone call. And
0: that's probably grained somewhere, in, or that's probably etched somewhere yeah. <laughs> in stone. Very first words ever Watson, uttered. Come here, I want you. So deep. Said, said so much without saying anything at all. Said <laughs> so, so little by saying so much. <laughs> there you I go. do nothing like at all by using so many words. Um, fun fact: cell in cell phone is not for the battery. Cell actually has to do with the cells on geographically on a grid. The hexag- hexagonal, I the can't. hexagonal cells uh, that the grid is divided up into. Um, each cell has its own tower. Uh, and, they call them
1: masts sometimes.
0: Yep, uh, a cell tower mast. Um, and when you're within that cell, your phone will connect to that tower. Um, but when you place a phone call through your cell phone, while it uses, uh, you know, just like we talked about how it, the vibrations and electrical signals, that conversion into digital signal now happens straight within your, your phone. Uh, that digital signal is then sent to an antenna within your phone. Now they're in your phone. They used to be outside. You used to have to pull it up. You remember that? I used to work at a little kiosk in the mall and would replace them with ones that lit up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the reception uh, sucked on them, but it, they looked really cool. But it looked cool. Yeah.
0: Anything else matter when you're 16 years old trying to impress a girl? Right. Uh, so so that <laughs> that call goes to the nearest tower, which is not really that far away. From there, though... It goes via fiber optic underground T1 or T3 cables to a essentially a switching station um, that then sends it out to whatever region that your re- that the other person is in, and it can do this several times till it gets to where they're at. And yeah. then what I think is incredibly interesting is it gets to the closest switching station to the person you're trying to call. And from there, it uses the cell towers to figure out where you are to triangulate mm-hmm. your location so that it knows which tower to send. Again, fiber optic underground, it'll send your call up into that particular tower and then beam it to your phone. Yeah, this- And it's because of this cell network, uh, there are 800, roughly 800 frequencies that a given phone call could be on uh, per tower.
1: Right, but so that's why there's so many towers. Don't don't start freaking out. Like, well, there's more than 800 people that live near this tower. Well, that's why they have other towers, and some of them are disguised. Like in Phoenix, we had them disguised as cacti. Really, they'd be big metal cacti in the field of no cacti. Way. I say field in the desert <laughs> of cacti.
0: Um, you'd see one that's a little taller than the rest and you could see a little no antenna stick on the top. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, so I, because I'm just totally a nerd and into true crime podcasts and I love cereal. Uh, one of the big pieces of evidence that was able to get Adnan Syed, a new trial was from AT&T stating oh, yeah. that incoming calls are not necessarily accurate for location um outgoing calls can be but not incoming and the reason is because your tower could be jammed up with uh with all 800 lines especially in a busy city like baltimore where this share crime took place uh could be jammed up with calls and so it may send your call from a further away tower it'll relay it to another one
1: still closer to you or close to you than others but maybe one of the less busy
0: and so uh so yeah, so that's how cell phones work. Um, and that's not what they're called cell phones. And so your antenna is not really that great. Your cell phone is not beaming a signal into outer space, which we always say. Well, the signal is great considering it's going to the outer space and bouncing off a satellite up there somewhere, right? It's one of my favorite Louis CK skits ever. He's like, "It has to go to space. Can you give it a second? It's a miracle." <laughs> your, your cell phone, like Verizon sucks, right? That's a skit. Yeah. So funny. Um, But no. Now, there are instances when you're making international calls that, yes, it might have to go into outer space. Um, and uh, what really fascinates me is how all of this happens in fractions of a second. Seconds. Um, sure. All this has to figure out what, what to do, where to go, how to go, where to... And then, bam, your phone starts ringing almost instantly. So if this were back in the
1: day, when you picked up that phone call... Not on a cell phone, but just a regular phone. You're patched through. You pick up the phone and you'd hear, ahoy! What? That was the original like telephone greeting instead of saying hello. You're kidding. They wanted ahoy, like like uh, sailors and pirates. <laughs> they would use um, back on ships, but was later superseded by Thomas Edison, who suggested hello instead. So there was Mr. Bell going, we should use ahoy. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Edison's going, nah, we'll just say hello. <laughs> Okay, I'm going back to, to, to Alexander Graham Bell's Ahoy from now on, by the way.
0: Ahoy. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> ahoy. Ahoy. Ahoy, this is Robert. Ahoy. Um, so speaking of Thomas Edison, it is actually his uh, invention of using granulated carbon uh, to send and receive electrical signals that allow the telephone to work. So if we really want to pat anybody on the back, it should be Thomas Edison because the telephone could not have happened had it not been for that invention. Interesting. Did you know that the phrase uh, to put someone on hold was
1: actually Alexander Graham Bell uh, like coined to him handing over his telephone instrument to his partner, Mr. Watson, we talked about earlier, saying, here, hold this. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I've got to use the loo. Here, hold this. It's
0: like, I guess you were just put on hold. Man, I really like, I, I can't help but picture Alexander Graham Bell as ron swanson <laughs> here hold this <laughs> that's
1: hilarious come here watson i need to see you do you want to know um that i found out that uh, according to the 1945 edition of who's who that adolf hitler's home phone number uh was berlin 116191 what so if you have that number now <sighs> and you're getting some calls from a guy <laughs>
0: Now you know why. Surely not. Surely that number's long gone. I mean, well, of course it is, because they they use more numbers than that, more digits. <laughs> uh but man, whoever had that number after him, like,
1: no, he's not here. Yeah. Hello? Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> my also my German accent sucks.
0: <laughs> there is Hitler. <laughs> he's not here right now. Can I take a message?
1: Oh man. Um, oh. I learned that also in the early days that telephone wires were ranked according to how tasty they were to mice and rats. What? They somehow had like a rating system um, by how often that rats <laughs> and mice and other rodents um, would jump underground or to where the wires were, climb the poles and chew on them. And be like, nope, nope, that won't last very long. Let's get thicker gauge.
0: Oh man, that's a bad day for a mouse or rat.
1: I, I mean, sometimes.
0: So as history would have it, Mark Twain, the famous author, was one of the very first to have a telephone in his home. Ahoy. Ahoy. Mr. Twain here. <laughs> You've reached Twain
1: 57. Tw- <laughs> Thanks for calling. TW57. Oh, man. Um, so the very first phone book in history, and this is a stretch of the term here, phone book, was only one page long. Oh, wow. Understandably. I mean, you can't imagine there being... Yeah. Well, I mean, the digits were only one to three. <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <laughs>
1: here are all 999 of them on one page.
0: So pay phones are actually still used by a very small percentage, 5% of the of the world population today, uh, at least once a year. And I can imagine all of them are after they've murdered someone and are calling their pickup. Man. Did you ever have a Nokia cell phone? Like the brick? Uh, I didn't have the brick. Like a 5150 I, or a I did have a Nokia 31? for a little while. Actually, that was my last... Uh, dumb phone <laughs> was a Nokia. <laughs> Less smartphone. Be PC
1: about this. Sorry. Um. So the uh, memorable Nokia tone for receiving an SMS text message. Um. The SMS text messages. Uh. Is is actually Morse code for SMS. It went beep 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 beep. I don't remember that. Like when you got an SMS message, that was what it was. was, It's Morse code for SMS. You'll still hear it in movies. Um, Yeah, exactly. From from that era. And then there's also this one that sounds a lot like that, but it's a lot longer. (laughs) It's called ascending. So if you go into like tone notifications and change that sound to ascending on the Nokia uh, phones, um, it's actually Morse code for, quote, connecting people, end quote, which was their uh, slogan. Wow. Yeah. And then like, if you just got a regular text message, not the SMS one, um, it would just be beep beep which is M in Morse code for message. Wow. I guess all those old sailors are like,
0: I get it. I get it. (laughs) Getting a message. Uh, So, uh, fun fact, Nokia was founded in 1865. And do you know what they made? It wasn't cell phones. Obviously not in 1865. Probably cell cell typewriters. Paper. I was close. Paper was its primary business uh, many years later. style. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> uh, many years later, it switched to making rubber products, uh, telegraph wires, and other electrical cables, and then switched over into making phones. I see how there are very like similar markets from the tele- telegraph wires and
1: electrical cables right into telephones. Right. It makes sense. Um, so did you know, and we talked about this, I know you know, but do you know, I'm looking at the microphone as I say this, um, which is going into your ear holes, uh, about gold in your cell phones. And like the amount of gold in your cell phones. So um, one ton of mobile phones contains more gold than one ton of ore from a gold mine. Wow. And that blew my mind. And this, this, this kind of uh, little, little fuse and made me go down a rabbit hole on the internet to find out, well, just how much gold is that? Like maybe an, a, a ton of gold from a gold mine or a ton of ore from a gold mine. Gold mine. Doesn't yield that much gold, so I'm like, "Well, let's see how much it is." And I actually looked up how much gold is in a smartphone, and in very rough numbers, there are ten troy ounces of gold, uh, just about a little over half a pound, three fifths of a pound per ton of smartphones. Oh, and a my. ton is two thousand pounds, so ten thousand cell phones equal about one ton. <laughs> so, with the current rate, as at the time of this podcast, down to the hour. With gold selling for about one thousand three hundred twenty-eight dollars per ounce, that would yield thirteen thousand two hundred eighty bucks for two thousand pounds of cell phones or ten thousand cell phones. So about a dollar thirty-three per phone. Whoa! It's like a dollar twenty. I mean, dollar thirty-two point eight or something like that. Uh, so if you start collecting all these broken cell phones that don't work and just save them
0: up, eventually you can get yourself thirteen grand. <laughs> my my wheels initial, I mean, instantly started spinning. Like, huh? Start a, uh, you know, used broken cell phone collection. But no, I don't think I want. That's a lot of cell, ten thousand yeah. cell phones. I don't think I want ten thousand cell phones laying around. I mean, you don't need that many. You could just
1: get one cell phone and have a dollar thirty three worth of gold. Or I could have like a thousand dollars worth of phone, if it worked. Oh my! It, it works now. I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. But if you ever get sick of that phone and you're like. I'm tired of my $1,000 cell phone. I want (laughs) $1.33. I'd like to cash this in, please, sir.
0: (laughs) To your local jeweler. (laughs) What can I get for this? (laughs) Jeez, man. Uh, Okay, so in 2012, Apple sold more than 340,000 iPhones per day.
1: So I was about to say, duh. They probably sold twice that, but you said per day, so that blows my mind. That
0: is about four phones a second more than a million every three days. That's ridiculous. So uh, Apple, while while um, their profits have increased year over year consistently and still have increased, their cell phone sales peaked in 2015 and have started dropping. And the way that they've been able to keep their sales numbers high, uh, their financial sales high, uh, is because the iPhone is so freaking expensive. That and they
1: programmed into their phones to start dying faster. So, you have to pay to get them repaired or battery replaced or buy a new phone. Well, so the conspiracy theorists sitting across from me would say that, but something I... They admitted to that. That's okay. been proven. Yeah, this has been proven. Oh, because They came I, out and apologized and entered it, like, even issued an update for phones that had that currently. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yes. The, they call it, like, battery gate or something. It's stupid, but... I,
0: what I was talking about was the actual hardware itself is made so well... Uh, and continues to get better and better that people are hanging on to their phones longer and longer. Um, No, I was talking about that. had they conditioned it
1: after a year of use for the battery to start dying faster. Right, yeah. Or acting like it was dying faster or
0: something like that. Well, because I knew that there was like a code you could type in. Uh, There there was like a thing you could do on your phone um, pre them fixing this. Uh, And it was like emergency battery or whatever. And it was like half your freaking battery. Like where did this come from? Right. More flappy birds for me. (laughs) Because
1: this is an emergency. (laughs) Level 157 isn't going to solve itself. Duh. Dude. Did you know there's an actual name for being addicted to your cell phone? No. Like being addicted to mobile phones is called nomophobia, which sounds like to me you've been cured of something. I got nomophobia, but it's literally called nomophobia, (laughs) (laughs) N-O-M-O-phobia. And that's being uh, addicted to your cell
0: phone. So mobile phones have 18 times more bacteria than, take a guess. Than non-mobile phones? (laughs) Can't take those into the bathroom. My guess would have been a door handle. Computer keyboard. Right? That's a good guess. Uh, Mobile phones have 18 times more bacteria on them than toilet handles. Yep, that's disgusting.
1: That's absolutely disgusting. Although I do Lysol in my bathroom fairly regularly. I'm like weird about germs.
0: Hey, want to borrow my phone?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's the <a> weird. okay. <laughs> you don't have a problem with this. And there's certain people I don't have a problem with it with. Like I would trust your your ears and my wife and kids. Outside of that circle, not very many people would. If they handed me either A, their phone to put up to my face. I either hold it away or earbuds. Put it on the speakerphone. Yeah. The earbuds thing. Is a very personal thing. Yeah, the earbuds and people are like, here,
0: listen to this, and they 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 force it to you. It's like that thing's been crammed in your ear for hours and hours and hours when you work out and you sweat and you eat and you poop and and earwax and earwax
1: and earwax and And like they start putting it in your ear for you. I'm like, I'm good. I know how earbuds work. I just don't want them in my ears. I'll just hold them out here. I like the speaker
0: experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i feel like they sound more real if they have a little
1: bit of air before gotta, they hit your ear I gotta push some air with those sound waves so please play from a distance
0: <laughs> maybe maybe play it through this aux cable That'd be great. right so that's it um of course there's tons more information um i encourage you if this is something that you found fascinating hit up google uh you'll find all kinds of really cool uh fun facts about phones and how phones work Um, believe it or not, most of this information is really just kind of in a nutshell, even as, as detailed as we got. Um, there's there, if you're, I don't know, a science nerd like me, I'll probably spend 10 more hours looking this up because (laughs) I'm now like, well, wait, but how, how does, how does, what, who hears the dial tone and the touch tones and who, like, what, what's the machine? How does it know that who you're trying to call and how does it know where to send it that? So all kinds of fun, interesting facts. Um, but. But uh that is that is roughly how phones work. And uh and so now next time you're talking to someone, you'll know kinda how, how it's uh how it's going and how the FBI will be able to track you. And um,
1: your location. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> I mean, but also uh on the flip side of that, if you are the one that's the victim, they might be able to find you. Right. Which has happened as well. Or Alexa might just record the 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 whole crime Uh, and just tell everything that they know right poor Alexa, such a witness to so many things did you know i think i told the story maybe even on the podcast before but i had a recording studio uh just about 10 years ago nine years ago um downtown um in franklin tennessee just south of nashville and uh one night i was there mixing nine or ten at night i get a knock on the door of the studio i'm like well that never happens um, knocks on the door. The studio do happen from time to time with people trying to give me demos or whatever this Google studios and find me and show up. Um, but not at 10 o'clock at night. I answer the door and it's a cop, not one cop, several cops. And as I'm looking like past him to see, wow, there are more cops. Um, there are cops in the whole driveway, like going down the line, like there are lots of cops here. Yeah. And they said that they were responding to a nine one one hang up call of someone whose cell phone was traced, um, back behind my recording studio uh i'm going okay i don't know if that's like a a scare tactic or even real or if they were even able to do that on such short notice like triangulate and know where they were um or not but i didn't have anybody there but there was a shed back there and i was leasing the property and that shed belonged to my landlords so they kept like old music gear and uh lawn equipment and stuff in this huge shed and said we need you to open up that shed i'm like i don't know if i've ever opened it before let me go get the key out of the special key hiding spot inside the studio. I'm like, do you guys want to look in here? I promise I'm not hiding anybody. I have nothing. I'm scared as you are right now. Huh. Um, Like, no, we need you to open it. I'm like, here's the key. You do it. I'm like, nope, you need to open it. <laughs> like, you're wearing protective gear I'm and like, you have guns. I'm just, I'm I'm just, just a dude. dude. <laughs> I'm a dude wearing a white t-shirt and umbro shorts. <laughs> thought I'd be mixing by myself all night. Um, So I opened up the the padlock and, I mean, they had to be thinking, man, this dude with tattoos and spiky hair and stuff showing up uh he could be hiding somebody in here and he got her padlocked in there i'm assuming it's a her i don't really know um and so i open up the padlock open i swing open the door and hide behind it like so there's a door between me and the inside of the place because i'm like if there's something in there i don't want to be the first line of defense so I, yeah and there's nothing there and then they just they didn't even like continue to investigate They're like all right well thank you and then i left i'm like uh. That's really odd. Aren't you concerned about this person who hung up right back here? There has to be somebody here. Sounds to me like they were looking for something else. Yeah, I don't know. And the thing is, the guy who owned the property right next to us was growing that in their back place. Oh, man. Um, And he had offered it to us several times, and I don't smoke anything. So uh, he kept telling me how good it was for his cancer and all this kind of stuff. And if I ever needed, it, I would find it. But he'd be there at like later hours than me. Like, And there are weird noises coming from his big giant Oh. Man. Uh, yeah, storage unit. Anyway. So triangulation is a thing. Could save, could help, could hinder, whatever. Right? That's uh, a long story to tell, nothing about.
0: Twice but. in my life, small children have dialed nine one one on my phone. Weird. And hung up. And then the police show up. On a cell phone? On a cell phone. Now, like,
1: it's crazy that they know that. Because I remember calling nine one one once from a cell phone, and they asked where I was. I'm like, don't you know that? Right. Or is this a test? Right.
0: I think it's <laughs> no, I really do actually think it's a like a like a Just making sure? Well, they ask lots of questions, right? Sure. They can they can usually tell a lot by your answers. Um I get yeah, absolutely. They're not necessarily listening to the words you're saying. I, I know. Yeah, I, I get you. Um but yeah, uh one of those times was two o'clock in the morning, and my three year old dialed nine one one, and uh my wife answered and told the operator what had happened. It was three year old and and uh they just said, oh, okay, thanks. I thought, oh, cops are definitely showing up. 2 a.m. Parent says it was a three-year-old playing with their phone. Come on.
1: Likely story. If I were ever to commit a crime, that's what I would say. Sorry, my son hit the button.
0: Anyway, have a good night. So that happened to me on my phone uh, with one of my friend's kids. Uh, I'd been staying at their house. He was probably two or three years old. Dials 911. I catch it uh similar situation grab the phone wait for them to answer which was very quick told them what happened they said okay thank you hung up police officer shows up at the door 10 minutes later it's like do you mind if i just kind of walk around just want to make sure everything's okay i would rather that happen than the other me too
1: absolutely um it was like oh it's because i'm a dude yeah i get it you were stereotyped bro (laughs) man not mad about it so many like stories we could tell about phones and i'd like to hear your stories if you have them Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us, at Turned
0: Up Podcast. Any crazy stories. Uh, I've actually had my line tangled up when it was switching towers and throw me on the same frequency as someone else. Dude, I've done that too. And you start hearing someone else talking. I sat there and listened to someone
1: else's conversation. On, on a it, cell phone. It, I just sat there and let it happen. I mean, this was like a decade ago. So.
0: And these are radio waves. I mean, th- this is uh, um, what it, magnetic radiation, radio it's, waves. Uh, sure, and it's a lot like the the
1: waves used in a microwave, but a lot scarcer, uh, lower frequency. So you don't have to worry about it causing tumors. It's just not at gonna... least we don't think so. We'll All... find we'll find out eventually, uh, right? <laughs> All the research that that I did in the way those waves work uh, point to it, them not being focused enough. Think of a magnifying glass in the sunshine, trying to burn a hole in a leaf or an ant or whatever you used to do when you were a kid. And the more focused you made that little light beam, the more it'd burn. And if otherwise, it doesn't burn at all. Like, you can have the sunshine th- shining through a magnifying glass on your hand and not feel it. But you move your hand away until it gets focused like a little dot, and all of a sudden it burns like crazy. Same way these, these the frequency of these radio waves are working, the really, really, really focused ones, um, like your microwave uses or other ones like lasers... Uh, will or x-rays or x-rays x-rays is a perfect example um, can break up your DNA which is what causes the the mutations and cancer cells to happen or whatever
0: but what happens if you stay in the sun too long uh, I'm not talking about sun rays I'm talking about you, you get a sunburn even, uh,
1: yes and that too. gives you cancer I'm just saying but I'm talking phones, about the broader range lower frequencies we're all gonna like be walking around. FM, Listen,
0: two generations from now we're all gonna have three eyes I am looking
1: forward to that <laughs> Or if you listen to our episode, we already have a third eye where our belly button is. That's that's
0: our last episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We have to give a lot of shout outs. Oh, we should give a shout out to, uh, we have a new podcast friend. We do. We have um, a couple of them, actually. Uh, But I want to shout out Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Um, Not only am I a dad that drinks bourbon, but there are other, there's actually a podcast called Dad's Drinking Bourbon. And uh, Zeke and John over there are doing good things. Uh, They're hilarious. They know what they're doing and uh, they know what they're talking about great podcast uh check out those guys also check out your bff podcast and that is uh um, a couple of lovely ladies uh jen and music city mel one word you should look them up um but your bff podcast and they're just a couple of girls uh bffs and they're talking about everything in life that uh, the ladies want to know about and talk about and gossip about. And uh, it's actually really entertaining even for guys. listening. I would say it's
0: really, it's really, it's really informative if you're a guy and you want to know how a lot to about better communicate with ladies. You can learn how they communicate and be like, got
1: it. I know what really matters now. And it's Your BFF? Your BFF podcast. And uh, Dad's Drinking Bourbon. But so shout out to all of those people, very lovely people and friends of ours um, that we've recently... Uh,
0: got to meet. And if you're just struggling to find them on social media, you can find them through our social media um, at Turned Up Podcast. That's Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Turned Up Podcast. Um, Also, huge shout out to our patrons. Oh, yes. Uh, We have a list of several of them here. Uh, Uh, Top 10. Go for it. For the week of March 4th, 2019. People
1: who have communicated with us and our patrons xob cry um laura oh my brain just freaked out i was gonna say laura ann but it's laura ann elise seven samantha <laughs>
0: Seeger, natalie b hey natalie jen walter one who was just in the studio last week yeah she was here for the last episode uh josiah 820 md Biaco. Kate- oh sorry
1: Bi- Biaco. Biaco. get it right or pay the price salute your shorts
0: katie mouse 713 Michael J 83. Hit us up, man. Davin C. Casey. What's up, dude? Uh, and uh, if you would like to become a patron, get a shout out, get a cool sticker. Maybe come sit in on, a, on an episode, uh, record an intro to the show, have a super sweet turned up mug. Um, you can do that by visiting turneduppodcast.com, looking in the upper right corner and just clicking the button that says become a patron uh, that we have. We have packages starting at five bucks a month. Um, all the way up to uh, like a thousand. It's like three thousand one
1: hundred and ninety-two dollars a month, something like that. It doesn't go to three thousand one hundred ninety-three. It's weird. Oh, man. Just kidding. I don't know what it is. Um, think, but if you're going to do that much flare up, yeah, talk talk to us b- behind the scenes, and we'll figure out how to make it happen. If you want to give more than that,
0: listen, we love you so much. Huge shout out also to Real Sound for making this podcast possible. Cool things coming down the pipe with them. Hey, Real Sound, how are you doing? And uh, uh, we love you very much. Thank you for giving us your time and lending us your ear. And we can't wait to chew it off again next week. But until then, this is Nashville signing out. Peace.